Good morning, Grace Church. It's so wonderful to see you today. I am Pastor Nicole. I'm one of the pastors on staff here, and it's just so great to be able to, to be with you today. And I don't know about you, but I never get old of gathering together with my church family. I love it so much. And after the last year that, that we've been separated for such a long period of time, every Sunday, uh, my heart just gets excited that we get to gather together. Isn't it incredible? I just love it so much. Yeah, we love it. We love to be together with church family. There's nothing like it. I don't take it for granted. And we've been in the middle of this series about how to study the Bible, and it has been so good. It may sound like it's pretty basic, right? You know, how to study the Bible. But man, I tell you what, what a great reminder for us that we need to be in God's word. And so, and, and the other thing is, are we utilizing God's word the way that he intended us to? And so that's one of the questions we've been answering over the last few weeks is, how should we be in this book that he has given to us as a gift? And so maybe for you, maybe you would say that you read the Bible regularly. And if so, that's awesome. I would say, way to go. <laughs> Keep it up. And But my question would also be, are you just reading it? to check that off your to-do list, to, to make sure that you've said you've done it? Or are you studying it? Are you finding something that is applying to your life every time that you go into his word? If not, that's something that you need to, to, to look forward to doing, is finding something that applies to your life because we want you to learn it, love it, and live it. That's what it's all about. And with the Bible, we want you to learn it, to love it, and to live it. And if you aren't in God's word, now is the time to start. We have a really, really easy way for you to do this here at Grace Church. We have what we call our SOAP guide. And this helps you to get into God's word. Pastor Aaron has referred to it the last couple of weeks. I'm referring to it. We will continue to talk about it. I actually lead a connection group that all we do is we soap and then we get together and we talk about what we found in God's word that applies to our life. It is powerful. You know, five, six, seven people can sit around and read the same passage and God showed us each something specific for ourselves. It's incredible. And so this gives you just simple instructions of how to do it. And I'm telling you, this will transform your Bible reading time. You will find something that applies to your life. And so we want to encourage you to start soaping. So go ahead and turn to your neighbor and tell them, get a soap guide. Go ahead. Tell them, get a soap guide. And, you know, if, if they're a little smelly this morning, you might want to say, hey, you, you might want to use some soap. Uh, so, you know, how, however that goes for you. Either tell them to get a soap guide or tell them to start using some soap. <laughs> but have you ever played that game? I think it's called telephone. Maybe you did when you were younger, where you line up a bunch of people and the person at the beginning of the line whispers something in the person's ear right next to them. And then it goes down the line to the next person, then the next person, then the next person. And then the person at the very end of the line then says out loud what the first person said. And usually it's something really crazy and has nothing to do with what the first person said, right? Have you ever done that? I know when I was younger, I remember playing that. And also, this sometimes happens in my own household unintentionally. Um, sometimes I have, three, I have three boys, three sons. 
So I'm, I might say to one of them, hey, you know, I'm trying to figure out what's for dinner. Can you go tell your dad? I'm not sure what we're having for dinner. And then that son runs into his brother, and then he tells his brother, hey, mom wants us to go tell dad. And then they say something. And then that brother runs into the other brother and then tells him, hey, go, go tell dad. Mom's not sure, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, Aaron comes in, and he's like, they told me that you said you weren't sure what we're having for dinner and that you're taking us out to dinner tonight. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, 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 time out. That is not what I said, right? But that's kind of what happens, right? Through more people, the story changes. Well, isn't it truly, truly, absolutely incredible that there are around 40 authors of the Bible and yet all of it lines up perfectly. All the stories are true. All of the details match. Isn't that truly, truly incredible? And, and the amazing thing about it is, is even with those 40 different authors, human authors, right? The reason that we have this Bible that is true and, and is absolutely just God's word is because he is the one that inspired it. And he wrote it through those human authors, right? And so that's why the stories all match. That's why they are all true, because God is actually the one that inspired it, right? Um, the, the words in this book have stood the test of time, right? People have tried to discredit it. They've tried to prove in it's false. They've tried to show errors in it, but yet none have succeeded, None have succeeded. In fact, I would say the more people try to prove this is wrong, actually, the more it shows how trustworthy it is because they literally cannot find any errors in it. And they try and they try and they try. But to me, that just reminds me of how trustworthy this book is. So aren't you so thankful for God's word? Aren't you thankful that God gave us his word, church? incredible. What a gift. Truly, truly a gift. So as I was preparing this message, I was researching some statistics about the Bible and specifically about how we personally interact with the Bible, how we use it. And so I, I found some interesting statistics. And so one of those is from the year 2011 to 2019, there was a statistic that gave us the percentage of how many Americans were in the Bible every day. And so from 2011 to 2019, that number was 13.9%. 13.9% of Americans said they read the Bible every day. Interesting thing is what happened starting in 2020. In 2020, since then, they have done that same study again, and the numbers have actually dropped to 8.5%. And so when the pandemic hit, people going into the Bible daily actually dropped, almost in half. That's pretty staggering to me. And so if there was ever a time for us to really dive in and remind us to get in this book, I truly believe it's now. I actually would have thought that percentage would have gone up when we hit the pandemic and things were going crazy and we were facing things we never faced before. I would have thought 
more people would have been diving into God's word. There's also another study that I found done by the Center for Bible Engagement. And this study pulled 40,000 Americans from the general population between the ages of 8 and 80 just to see how they are engaging in the scripture and how it affects their life. And so they started by looking at how often they were in the Bible. And so if someone was in the Bible one time a week, they noticed a negligible effect on their life. And then if they were in the Bible two times a week, again, there was a negligible effect. And then three times a week, they noticed just this tiny little increase. It was just this tiny little blip that happened when they were in the Bible three times a week. Here's where the interesting thing happens. As soon as people were in the Bible four times a week, it literally spiked off the chart. Four times a week. So literally one, two, or three times, hardly anything. And then when you go to four times a week, it just spikes off the charts. That is incredible. And so these are some of the things that they found with people who were in the Bible four times a week. Feelings of loneliness dropped 30%. Anger issues dropped 32%. Bitterness in relationships drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant drops 60%. Viewing pornography drops 61%. And then a couple of things actually increase, which is sharing your faith, that goes up 200%. And discipling others actually jumps 230%. Four times a week reading God's word. Those are the effects. Isn't that incredible? I mean, when I think of those statistics and those numbers, it actually, uh, what I was thinking about it, one of those commercials, those infomercials came to mind, and I'm like, this would, be, this would be the perfect infomercial, right? Where it's like, hey, do you have feelings of loneliness, bitterness, anger? Do you struggle with alcoholism and pornography? We have just the product for you. Just order now. You can get the Bible for $49.95. And as a result, you will see all of those things drop. Amazing, right? But wait, there's more. <laughs> There's lots more, right? That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. But man, those numbers are incredible, and they tell us a huge, huge story. I mean, that's revelatory. I mean, if you're struggling with one of those things in your life, are you in the Bible four times a week? You will see. God transform your life. And so today we're actually going to look at a number of things that are going to help us to study and understand this Bible more and more. And so the first thing today is that the Bible is our story. It's our story. And so if you are a Christ follower, if you have chosen to follow Christ with your life, then the Bible is your story. It's your redemption story. And so when you accepted Christ, you became a part of his family. And so if you want to know and understand your family that you're a part of, to know who you truly are, you've got to read your story. You've got to read the Bible. 
It tells us in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 to 7, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So you, you were adopted into God's family. When you accepted him in your life, you adop- he adopted you into his family. You became his child. And so if you really want to know who you are, you have got to read about your family. This is who you are. I don't know about you if maybe you are someone who actually has been adopted or maybe you know someone, you have a friend or a, a relative or someone else that has been adopted. And what's interesting is that usually at some point in their life, they take the time to try to find their biological family. They either want to find their parents or they want to know if they have other siblings and they want to, they want to find their family. It's usually the case with almost all adopted people who, who have experienced that in their life. And so why is that? It's because they have a deep desire inside of them to know where they came from. They have a deep desire inside of them to truly understand who they really are. And until they find their biological family, they all oftentimes live with these unanswered questions. Who am I? What, what are these missing pieces in, in me that I just need to understand? Because that, that has them struggle with their true identity. So they want to know who they truly are, where they truly came from, right? And so if you want to know more about who you are as God's child, as a Christ follower, as your family, right? You need to read the Bible, the whole entire thing, right? We can't just read parts of it, just the parts that we like, right? And so I know some of you might say, if I was having this conversation with you, you might actually tell me, well, you know, I just, I kind of steer clear of the Old Testament because I really don't understand it. It really doesn't make any sense to me. It's super outdated and you know basically it's the old covenant and jesus came and he brought the new covenant and so really that's all that matters now is the new covenant and although there is truth to that statement i truly believe that um if you truly want to know who you really are you've got to read your whole story you can't just read part of it And so, and also, if you love reading the words of Jesus and the apostles who wrote the New Testament, think about this. The only influence of Scripture they had at their time was the Old Testament. That's the only written Scripture that they had access to. And so they taught from Old Testament Scripture. They lived from that. That was the only Scripture they had. When Jesus taught in the synagogues, he taught from the Old Testament Scripture. That's all they had. And so there was no Netflix back then, you know, for people to just kind of sit back and watch. Their entertainment was their family took the scriptures out and they read it. 
It was the stories of their history and their family, and that was the Old Testament. Because if you're only reading part of the Bible, you are still missing part of your story. Because from the very beginning, when Adam and Eve chose to eat that fruit and sin entered the world, God began planning your redemption. From that very moment, and every page of the Bible is full of the details of that incredible plan. And so I would say to you, I I would dare say to you that if you truly knew your whole entire story, if you truly understood what God went through, the plan and the details that he laid out in place to get you back, you would be in absolute awe of your God. You would be in awe of him and the overwhelming love that he has for you and everything that he went through to redeem you. And so I believe that understanding your whole story, including from the very beginning in the Old Testament, I believe it would bring you to a place of deeper love and commitment to your God. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 to 14, it tells us, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And that is the redemption that he began planning for you back in the book of Genesis. And so do you know your whole redemption story? God actually felt it was important enough to write down all of it, every single part of it in his scriptures. And so if he felt that that it was that important, then we should take the time to read and understand it. I know... A number of years ago, I came across this book. I was actually at a conference, and um, it was a women's conference, and it was that time slot right after lunch, you know, where they feed you at the conference, and then you come back in for an afternoon session, right? And usually, man, it's got to be a dynamic speaker after lunch because, you know, you've been there all day, you just had lunch, you're sitting in your chair, and you're like, Okay, your head's starting to nod. You're like, it's nap time. So, man, usually people put a dynamic speaker after lunch. And so this, I was at this conference, and this woman came up to speak. And she, her, she introduced herself. Her name was Dr. Sandra Richter, and she was the professor of Old Testament theology and all this. And I was like, what? <laughs> what is happening right now? And she starts going into all this historical content of the Old Testament and like pictures on the screen of the Ark of the Covenant and what, talking through all this stuff. And I literally was like, you've got to be kidding me right now. I am not going to be able to stay awake. But the more and more she talked, she outlined this beautiful story of redemption that God laid out for us in scriptures. And I am telling you, by the time she was done, I had tears streaming down my face. I was in awe. And I have been following Christ for a long time. I was absolutely in awe. It just came to life to me and resonated in my heart. And she actually has a book called The Epic of Eden, And I'm telling you, I grabbed this thing, and I have read it through and read it again. I've recommended it to people. It is powerful. It literally helps you to understand your redemption story 
from Genesis all the way through, and you can see how God beautifully designed it. I highly recommend it. And so if you struggle with the Old Testament, get this book. Because don't discredit the Old Testament just because you don't understand it. Find a way to understand it. And I'm only going to recommend you a book that's going to point you to Scripture. Because it's not her words and her opinions. She's actually teaching you Scripture and pointing you straight to the Scripture. So that's why I'm recommending it to you. So get in God's Word. Find out about who you are. That is powerful. It will transform your look into the Bible. The second thing about God's word for us is that it is a weapon. It is a weapon. And so you, you might be saying, well, I'm a Christ follower, man. I should, I should be loving, man. We're supposed to be lo- full of love and showing love. And wh- what are you talking about a weapon for, man? That's violent. What? And yeah, I'm talking about a weapon. Because the minute you said yes to Jesus, you got a target on your back. The minute you said you were going to follow Jesus and you committed your life, you got a target on your back and the enemy made you his target. That's how it is. Before that, you were living life and you may have been straddling that line between good and evil and you just kind of were like bouncing back and forth between them and and the enemy was like, eh, they're no threat to me, whatever. I'm just going to leave them alone because you were kind of going back and forth between good and evil. You hadn't made your decision yet, right? But that moment you said, nope, I am choosing this side and I am going to follow Christ. You became his target. And so now his one purpose in life is to steal, kill, and destroy you. That's his one purpose in life. So what do you think God did for you? The great news He gave you all that you need to fight that enemy. That's how much our God cares for us. He gave us everything that we need to fight the enemy. He equipped us. And so the Bible isn't just this nice little book to read. It's not just this little story that that we just read a little bit. No, it is a real, actual weapon. And it's referred to in Scripture as a sword. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It's the sharpest sword there is. Sharpest of the sharpest swords. Ephesians, chapter 6. Also, an incredible gift that God gave us was the armor. And so you need to read that as a Christian. You need to be geared up for this battle. And Ephesians chapter 6 walks you through all of the armor God has given us. And again, in that armor, he has given us the sword of the Spirit, which he says is the Word of God. So I brought a little visual for you today, which is a sword. This is what God says the Bible is. This is what he says it is. The Bible is like wielding a sword. I don't know about you, but if someone's coming after me and I've got this in my hands, I'm feeling pretty good. (laughs) You ain't coming near me, are you kidding? You can't even get six feet. (laughs) I'm feeling pretty great, right? If I've got this in my hands and someone's trying to come after me, 
it's not going to happen, right? This is what God says his word is. And yes, this is a dangerous sword. How do I know that? Because it's gone through my husband's foot. So I do know that it's dangerous. Yes, it has gone through my husband's foot. Those of you who've been at Grace Church for a while know the story. But hey, I know that there are some new people with us. And so listen, this hangs on his wall in his office. And he bumped it. And it fell through his foot. And yes, I had to run him to urgent care. And yes, he won for the week of the craziest accident that urgent care had to handle that week. <laughs> but I know this thing is, is dangerous. It's dangerous, right? But God's word is even more dangerous than this. It's even more dangerous than this. Why do you think that God's word is the most despised, the most denied, disputed, dissected, debated, outlawed, and destroyed book ever. Why do you think that is? Because it has power when used properly. It is the most dangerous weapon in our hands. And it's, it's meant to be an offensive weapon. Yes, offensive. We should be on the offense with this Bible. And so we should be living from the place of offense rather than defense. And because of God's word, we can do that. We can be on the offense. And so we, instead of reacting to an attack, we get to initiate it. Instead of living from our point of weakness, we get to live from our point of strength. And instead of having to take back ground, we can take the ground right? Instead of having to, you know, hold and defend our ground, we get to actually take ground because of God's word. And so use it. Use God's word. Pray it. Declare it. Keep the enemy on defense. We need to be on the offense. Let's keep him on the defense. Because if we're on defense, that means he's already taking ground from us and we have to get it back and then we have to stand our ground. Why would we do that? Why don't we just come against him on the offense and tell him, you have no place and declare God's word before the attack, right? God's word is powerful. It tells us in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 11, this is God saying this. He says, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. His word has to do what he said it will do. We just have to use it. And so are you sending God's word out as your weapon? Final thing I want to, well, what, the third thing I want to share with you about God's word is that it has transforming power. Transforming power. I tell you what, I, I truly do love God and his word. I do. And some days I struggle. I struggle with reading my Bible just like you. I get busy. I get tired. I get frustrated with God, and I'm like, oh, man, I got to get in the Word. I got to get in the Word. And so I struggle sometimes. But, man, I know that God wants me to want him. He wants me to want his Word. He wants me to worship him, and he wants me to read 
and, and digest the scriptures and put them inside of me so that I can use them as weapons when I need to, right? And honestly, God's word is one of the ways that he speaks to us. And so I've, I've talked to many people over the years who have just simply told me, man, I just really wish God would speak to me. I really wish that I would hear from God. And one of my first questions I ask them is, hey, do you get into God's word regularly? And a lot of times their answer is no. And I say, you want to know one of the biggest ways God speaks to you daily? It's his word. And again, when you soap, that's why I'm saying soaping is so incredible because you will find something that applies to you, that God is saying just to you that day. God speaks to you through his word. But sometimes I don't really want to hear it, right? Because it's the truth. Sometimes the truth is really hard to hear, right? Because honestly, sometimes, sometimes, you know, I'm just, I'm frustrated with someone else and they're irritating me and they've offended me. And, you know, I begin to pray for them, right? That's, God asked me to do that too. So I begin to pray for this person that I'm frustrated and irritated with, you know, and they've offended me. I just start praying for them and I say, God, God, I just want to pray for them. God, would you just show them the truth? God, would you just show them that I am right? God, would you just show them that they're in the wrong and they need to come to me and apologize to me and make this right with me? God, would you show them? And so I'm just praying for them, you know, like God has asked me to do. And I go in his word and I'm reading his scripture and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit begins to convict me and it starts bothering me. Why? Because I'm the one that needs the transformation. It's me. God wants to deal with me. And he does that through his word. And so it's not just about reading the word. It is about allowing it to change us, allowing God to use it to transform us into his likeness, right? That's what it's about. It tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but say this with me, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. It's about transformation. Another passage that Pastor Aaron's been using for the last couple of weeks, so powerful and true, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 to 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do everything good work. Again, it's about transforming us. He wants us to be transformed. And so are you allowing God's word to teach you? Are you allowing it to show you what is wrong in your life? Are you allowing God to correct you through that? Because something is going to influence us in our lives. And it can either be the world around us or it can be God's word. 
And so what is going to be the final authority in your life? What are you going to allow to transform you? The world or the word? The last thing I want to show you about how to study the Bible is that you have to be a doer. You have to be a doer. Don't just read his word. Don't just check it off your list. Oh, did that. Great. Good job. Way to go. Don't just read it. Don't just have a nice conversation with somebody about it. Don't just come here and listen to the pastors talk about God's word. You have to use it for you. You've got to do what it says. It's a gift for you. It has everything that you need for every area of your life. You can apply it to every struggle and every issue that you are facing. It tells us in the book of James, chapter 1, verses 22 to 25, but don't just listen to God's word. You must, say this with me, do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you, say it with me, do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Is there anyone here that wants God's blessings in your life? Anyone? Anyone? Is it just me? Where are the hands? I mean, literally every hand should be up. <laughs> we want God's blessing in our life, right? Yes. Well, then guess what, what we have to do? Guess what we have to do? Say it with me. Yes. Yes. God is saying, I am here. I want to bless you. I want to pour over you. I want to transform you. I want to just radically change your life. All you have to do is do what the Bible says. And so our goal as your pastors is that you would learn to feed yourself. You've got to learn to feed yourself cannot just come and rely on a message. You know, that's how, it, that's how it starts when you first become a Christ follower. It says, in, it says in the word that you start out as an infant and you're drinking milk, right? And so, yes, you come and you listen, and that's how you're learning and you're taking all of that in and you're listening to podcasts and worship music and you're just listening to what other people are sharing with you about God, right? Because you're just brand new and so you're drinking this milk. But then after that, you move on to baby food, right, where it's a little thicker and it sometimes even has a few chunks in it. I mean, baby food's not awesome, but God's baby food's amazing, right? But you then you start eating some baby food. you got to chew a little bit, got to swallow. And then after that, you go on to normal food. Somebody cooks and prepares it for you and serves it to you, and you eat it, and you've learned how to chew and swallow, right? You're getting more, more in. And then eventually, you cook for yourself, right? I mean, I have a couple of teenagers in my house, and they've been cooking for themselves for years now. 
I, I haven't had to worry about them if I'm not home in time to prepare food for them because, trust me, they're teenage boys. They will find food to eat. And so maybe it came out of necessity, but, man, they are good cooks, and they can just whip up some amazing food because if they're going to eat, they want to eat some good food, right? So they're cooking steak and potatoes and vegetables, salads and smoothies. Man, they're, they're good cooks. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, hey, will you make dinner tonight? And they're like, sure. I'm like, yes. Um, They're good cooks. Man, we got to learn how to cook for ourselves. We can't be relying on someone else. God's given us everything we need. We have got to cook for ourselves. We've got to feed ourselves. This is is the goal of living a Christ-centered life is feeding yourself, is growing through God's word on your own because if you are not if you are not taking action on God's word you are stagnant you are stagnant and remember one of those statistics in in that study was in the if you're in the word four times a week feeling spiritually stagnant drops so if you're feeling spiritually stagnant this is the reason you've got to get in the main ingredient for your life is God's word so i want to challenge you a little bit today I'm actually going to give you a challenge because if you are not reading God's word regularly, you've got to start today. Today is the day. And so I've actually implemented a challenge for you. It's going to be our Bible challenge over the next 60 days. I'm challenging you to be in God's word four times a week, 20 minutes in scripture, 10 minutes in prayer. And we have two things that are going to help you do that. The soap guide, right? We talked about it earlier. We also have a pray, prayer guide. It's called Pray First. It's a personal prayer journal devotion that will help you implement prayer in your own life. And so we have two resources to help you do this challenge. Only other thing you're going to need is your Bible. But wait, there's more. Your Bible. Order today for $49.95. And we'll throw in an extra one. No, you've got to have your Bible. So these are the things you're going to need, and you are going to make a commitment to read four, read for 20 minutes a day and 10 minutes of prayer four times a week, starting today through the end of June. Because we all know that if we make it a habit, it sticks with us, and we have to do that for an extended period of time to make it a habit, right? And so I want you to start this today. So I would ask you, are you ready for transformation in your life? If you are, then you take the challenge. We literally want you to sign up on gracechurch.life. We want to know that you're taking this challenge. We want to be able to encourage you, to hold you accountable. There's also going to be some um, a check on there that you can check for text reminders so we can send you texts to remind you to be in God's word. We want to be praying for you, and we want to be hearing about what is happening in your life because of it. Because you can't implement this in your life without some radical transformation happening. And I'm telling you, if you are struggling in your life, if you are feeling spiritually stagnant, if you are feeling lonely, anger, if you are feeling bitterness, It is time to do something about it. If you are in that percentage of people that since the pandemic, 
you have declined in your relationship with God, it is time to increase. It is time to return to that relationship with God. Because if there's anything that we've learned over the past year and a half, it is the only thing that we have in our life that is consistent and true and and worthy is God and his word. And if if you need to make sure that you have this in your life, because I am telling you, there's going to be another major challenge we're going to face, either you personally or us as a nation. And if there is something that we are going to have to cling to, it is God's word. This cannot be taken away from us, especially when you read it and you get it inside of you and you hide it in your heart like it says in his word. This cannot be taken away. And this is going to be your rock for anything you face in your life. So now, today is the day. Don't wait. Take this challenge. Implement God's word in your life. We want you to learn the Bible, to love the Bible, and to live it. This is who we are as Christ followers. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer today? Let's just raise our hands towards him, towards heaven this morning as just a sign of commitment to him. Just reach your hands upward. God, we are your church, and we are telling you today that we need you. We desire you. God, we long for you and your word in our life. You are the only thing in our life that will hold us steady, that will help us to face challenges and issues, God. And so we look to you. We cling to you, God. We need you. And we need your word, God. I just pray right now that you would create a stirring in our hearts for you and your word, that we would have a passion and a desire to be in your word, to learn from it, to allow it to transform us, to make us new, God, and to give us the weapon that we need to stand against the enemy, God. You've given us this beautiful, beautiful gift, God, and we need to utilize it. We need to use it to how you have created it to be used. So God, help us to do that. Help us to implement this in our life, to walk it out every day, God. And so Father, right now, we as a church, we commit to being in your word, Father, four times a week. We are committing to be in your word, and we are going to see major transformation, major changes in our life, God, just a drawing near to you like never before, God, because the only thing that's going to stand the test of time, the only thing that's going to stand through every trial, every issue, any attack is your word, and your word will stand forever, and we thank you, and we declare that today. God, we need your word. God, we implement in our life today. In Jesus' name, amen.